Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? My name is Ben Miners. I'm the youth uh, pastor here at C2 Church, and it's awesome to be with you this morning. Um, I think this might be the first time that I've been able to speak on a Sunday morning, and our lead pastor, Jeremy, has actually been in the room, so this is exciting. Um, <laughs> the... Um, Actually, I, I was thinking about um, that this morning, and I was thinking about the first time that I had the opportunity to speak um, for Jeremy was in the youth ministry when he was the youth pastor here, and I was a, I was a youth volunteer um, on the team and was also working as um, a janitor here in the school, and he had called me up um, one Wednesday um, in the afternoon, and I was working in the back, and, and he said, hey, I'm sick um, today, and it wasn't just like sort of like sick, cold sick, it was bad, bad sick, and um, he's like, I don't think, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it in, well, what do we do, and um, I was like, um, I, I don't know, what, uh, we were kind of talking, and I said, well, I, I feel like maybe I've had something that's kind of been rolling around in my heart um, from, from just time in prayer and reading, and, and I said, I've been journaling on something, I was like, maybe, maybe I could just go ahead and, and speak for you tonight. Um, and, and you could stay home, and, and he's like, you sure you want to do that? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and, um, I said, give me a few minutes to pull some thoughts together, and then I'll call you back, and, and I ended up speaking that night, um, and we survived, as uh, we still have youth students in our youth ministry, so, um, yeah, it was good, but I, d- I realized that night as I was preparing and speaking, I just kind of felt the weight of um, trying to present the gospel, the, the word of God, um, and communicate in a way that, that we as people can understand and that can connect with us. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, he does this week in and week out. Like, this is, this is every week for him. And um, so I was just um, impressed by that and really have a lot of respect for Jamie. I think there's a lot to be said for consistency and, and faithfulness um, in, in our work and any work that we do, but especially this. Um, and so thank you, Jeremy, um, for leading the way. And it's great to be able to work with you and, and enjoy that. So this has been a busy week, has it not? A lot going on. Yeah, Christmas season is upon us, and if you haven't got your shopping done yet, I don't know um, what to tell you. Um, good luck. But um, a lot going on, not just here in the, with the Christmas season, but also in our world, a lot of upheaval. And um, I was just I, I was telling for the people in first service that I feel like this year more than ever I've just felt more um, rushed and, and kind of frazzled and, and a lot going on, um, a lot of important things going on, like um, new movie releases that we've been waiting on for a while. Um, yeah, I'm not a Star Trek fan, so I can't I don't really get what all the fuss is about. But um, <laughs> the <laughs> kidding, kidding. This is the first movie that I actually saw the night it came out, um, and I was, it's like I've never done that with a movie before, but this was it, and I really, really enjoyed it. Spoiler alert, how, how, I should say, how many of us have heard, have seen the movie already? Can we just show of hands real fast, how many of you have seen the movie? Well, we have. Is this America? Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> how, many, how many of you have not seen the movie yet? Wait, okay, okay, spoiler alert right here, ready? Um, the Force is Awake, <laughs> and she's a lot older. Like, I was kind of wondering if some of those actors were going to make it to the end of the movie. Um, 
but I, I, re- I realized something very, uh, very important um, that about aging, and I know a lot of us, we try to keep ourselves from looking like we're aging, even though all of us are, and we all know it, um, is that I, I realized watching this movie, the one thing that keeps you looking young all the time, no matter what age you are, and it's fur, actually. <laughs> um, all the other actors from the old movies, man, they're a lot, they look a lot older, but Chewbacca is steady, like, <laughs> hasn't changed a day, and I was impressed. But <laughs> it's, it, it's good to laugh, isn't it? I think, I think if, if you have an issue with laughing, you're going to have probably a hard time here. Um, we like to laugh a lot. I believe that anywhere there is joy, um, there will be laughter. Amen. And I look forward to heaven um, one day where there's going to be a lot of laughter. I know that because the Bible says that there will be no crying um, or tears in heaven. And um, for females, that only leaves one other emotional expression. So, yeah, I'm sorry. We should pray. <laughs> we should pray. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you for this time together. Father, I ask that um, this morning, as we jump into your word and as we um, listen for your voice, God, I ask that you would speak to us. We sang it earlier, your Holy Spirit is in this room right now, and, and we trust in you and we believe um, what you have to say, that, that you are for us, that you're not against us. And that no matter where we are in this room, from those of us who feel close to you or maybe we feel distant from you. We believe that this morning um, you are calling us ever closer to yourself. And so we lean into that. Open our minds, open our hearts for what you um, have to say to us this morning. We love you. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. It's really kind of funny, this obsession that we have with the extraterrestrial, isn't it? Like, I I feel like across media and across our entertainment, there's this, this obsession with things from other lands, other worlds um, that are not our own. And you see it in Star Wars, but not just in that, but in our, in our government even. We spend millions of dollars on devices that look for life on other planets, extraterrestrial life somewhere. And someone asked me one time, you know, do you believe in extraterrestrial life? Do you believe in aliens? And, and I said, yes, I do. Um, I speak to one every day. I consider God extraterrestrial. He's not from here. <laughs> he made this. And um, so it's just, it's interesting to me just how ca- obsessed we are with it, especially in Christmas. I mean, I think we kind of miss um, that part of, of Christmas. And th- I was looking at the definition of extraterrestrial um, on Google, obviously, because it's kind of like a dictionary that is trying to become God. And, and so I'm, I'm looking at this, I look at the definition on Google, it says this, extraterrestrial is of or from outside the earth or its atmosphere, or a hypothetical or fictional being from outer space, especially an intelligent one. I thought it was kind of funny that especially an intelligent one, like something could be extra, extraterrestrial, the more intelligent it was. <laughs> that, that one's dumb, it must be from earth. <laughs> no, we're interested in, in intelligent extraterrestrial life, aren't we? And, and I'm, I think of Luke chapter 2, where we see this, this moment in, where we have this, the angels show up to these shepherds out in the field. And the way it's set up is these shepherds are, are out in their fields watching their flocks. And then the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them. I can only imagine that this meant a lot of volume and a lot of light. Amen. Yeah. And these shepherds, I mean, like, they are frightened. Like, I, we kind of talk about it a lot in the Christmas story, so I think it kind of becomes normal for us. But, but these shepherds are experiencing visitation from extraterrestrial beings right there. In their minds, aliens versus shepherds is about to go down. 
Like, th- this, this is for real. And the angels, and you know it is, because the angel shows up and says, listen, you know, don't wet your tunic. We're here coming in peace. And, and we, we, this is good news of great joy that are going to be for you and for all people. Because to you today, born in, in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior, a Savior is born. And you're going to know it by this. He's gonna, it's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And so the shepherds immediately run away to Bethlehem and, and go to find this baby. Not long after that, crop circles began to pop up all around Bethlehem and the surrounding areas. No, that's not how it goes. But, but we have this obsession with, with extraterrestrial. I look and I read this, and man, life from another world, presence from another world has touched down. This is the story of Christmas. It's extraterrestrial. And, and our reading today, um, for our Advent reading, is from Isaiah chapter 59. Uh, verses 1 through 10, and um, I find it interesting because at this moment in time, when the angels show up to the shepherds, they're, they're, I believe they're, the time in their lives looks very similar to, to Isaiah 59. <clears throat> and I remember reading this for the first time and kind of going, okay, what does this have to do with Christmas? What does this have to do with Advent? But let's read it together, and I believe we're going to learn a lot about, um, about this extraterrestrial um, visit and the peace that it brings. It says this in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Iniquity is a, another word for evil or wrongdoing. It says, your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue mutters wickedness. No one enters suit justly. No one goes to law honestly. They rely on empty pleas. They speak lies. They conceive mischief and give birth to iniquity. They hatch adder's eggs. They weave the spider's web. He who eats their eggs dies. And from that one, from the one that is crushed, a viper is hatched. Pause real fast. I have a deathly fear of snakes. And my brother used to always give me a hard time. He's like, Ben, they're, they're animals, just like any other animal. What's the deal with snakes? And I just realized when I was reading this, it is a godly fear. Because what's going on here, Isaiah is saying, listen, things are bad. You know why they're bad? Because there's snakes. That's how you know. So it's, it's a godly fear if you share that fear with me. He who eats their eggs dies, and from that one that is crushed, a viper is hatched. Their webs will not serve as clothing. Men will not cover themselves with what they make. Their works are works of iniquity, and deeds of violence are in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, desolation, and destruction are in their highways. The way of peace they do not know, and there is no justice in their paths. They have made their roads crooked, and no one who treads on them knows peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, and behold, darkness, and for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon as in the twilight among those in full vigor. We are like dead men. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this moment that, that Isaiah is speaking of, he's speaking to the nation of Israel. And, 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 and they find themselves in a place where their iniquity, their wrongdoing has separated, made the separation between them and God. He starts that chapter by saying, listen, it, the, the hand of God is not too short to save. He will save. But your iniquity and your wrongdoing has said has said to God, we don't want you, and we refuse your way. 
And so out of that, he says, come all these things, the lies and the, and the hate and the violence, the mischief. No one, no one enters suit justly. No one goes to, to, to court trying to do the right thing, but everyone's working for his own gain. There is no peace. All of, of, of Israel and, and their whole, this nation, they, had a, they have a word that was the focus of what they would look for and the focus of, of their lives, and, and they would say it in greeting to each other because it was, it was, it was, that was the, the extent of their heart and their hoping for this one thing. And that word is shalom, or peace. And it's, it goes beyond just peace. That's probably the closest English equivalent we have for it. But it signifies wholeness, everything set right, everything in harmony, no worry or fear, no reason for it. And so they say it in greeting to each other. They say, shalom or peace be with you. But here in, in Isaiah 59, we find this, this, almost this cry of desperation is, there's no peace to be found. We, we hope for light, but there's only darkness. We walk in gloom, and there is no peace. I find that very significant for us today because I think in many of our lives and, and in the world around us right now, we don't see a lot of peace. Nations and, 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 and peoples in, in uproar, hate and violence and, and genocide, and, and, and people even within our own communities or within our own country working for their own personal gain and not working for the good of others. And so we say, we don't see peace. Where is peace to be found? That's the cry of Isaiah 59. Peace for us as, as believers, I think, as, as humans, really, peace is precious, isn't it? Shalom, this, this peace was, was the hope, the longing of Israel. I think it's also the longing of every human heart. I think throughout the Bible, you see sometimes Israel is actually a, a good picture of, of us as, as people. This peace is, is the longing of Israel, and it's the longing of our hearts. I think everything we do, many of the choices we make, are choices to find peace, to achieve peace, to, to keep peace. All, all of our commercialism and, and even marketing and ads is all pointed at, in some way, giving us a sense of peace. If you'll, if you'll just buy this, you'll have peace. If you'll, if, you'll, if you'll purchase this, you'll have peace about your image. You'll have peace about, about, about your, your vehicle. You'll have peace about your house. You'll have peace in, in all these things. Everything we do, you can kind of work them all back to this desire for peace, security. Not having to fear recently bought car insurance. Um, I didn't actually just purchase car insurance. I had car insurance, but apparently if you don't pay for it, they don't just give it to you for free. <laughs> so um, I got a notice from my insurance company that I, that I no longer had insurance because they hadn't received any payment. So I hurried up and called them on the phone and I said, hey, um, you know, I had a, I had an insurance plan with you guys. I r- guess you haven't received payment for that yet. Sorry. <laughs> um, what, how do I fix this? And she said, well, what, what kind of coverage did you have? And I said, well, I had, I had collision, because uh, ever since I've been little, things and I have liked to collide a lot. And, um, and so she said, okay. And I said, but I'd really like to um, switch to liability, because it'd be a little less money, hopefully that way, and um, I'm not colliding with so much stuff nowadays, and, and um, yeah, it'd just be great around the holiday season to have some extra cash um, or whatever. And, and she said, okay, well, we just need to work through a couple details. And um, she asked me, she said, so are you still living at your parents' house? I was like, no, I'm not. 
And she's like, oh, that's going to be a problem. I was like, what? Why? And she's like, well, because it's Christmas, and we want to charge you more money. <laughs> no, she said, that's going to be an issue. And I said, well, okay, what, what needs to happen? She says, well, we need to change your plan. You're not under your parents' plan anymore. You, you've got to have your own insurance, um, which is going to cost more. And I was like, great. And I was like, does it help at all that the street that I live on is really, really safe now? Like, <laughs> like no, that doesn't help at all. I was like, great. So, uh, so anyway, so I ended up switching to liability, and it cost me the same amount that I was paying for collision before, which was great. Um, but but that's, what, that's, what, that's what insurance does for us, isn't it? That's why we purchase insurance is because I'm saying that, you know what, I, in case something happens, in case something in my outside situation changes, I want peace of mind knowing that my car will be okay. My means for transport will be okay. But I'll still be able to have a job because I can get myself around. That's what insurance is. It's per, it really, it's, in a sense, it's purchasing peace. And I believe everything else in our lives kind of converges on that one point is we are looking for peace. And around us, we don't see it. Around us, it's, it's not re- really, we don't, we don't see it as real. And we're paying a high price for peace that doesn't always live up to its end of the deal. We're paying a high price for peace. We're paying babysitters to give us peace of mind about our kids. But in our own personal lives, we're, we're paying a price and saying, you know, if I, if I have a little bit more of this, if maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running from hurt in my life and I need peace, and so I've turned to something that will give me temporary peace. And it doesn't last. And so the question is, what is the price of, of real peace? What does it take to have real peace in my heart? We have in this passage in Luke, Luke chapter 2, we hear these words of peace on earth, goodwill to, to, to men, peace to, to on those to whom the favor of God rests, peace. And so we, we had this hope, and, and many in Israel had this hope that when the Messiah would come, he would bring peace. Isaiah 9 says that he's the prince of peace. And this is the hope of Israel. And so we, we look for this, and, 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 there, and we're trying to find about, do we have real lasting peace and is this him is this who it is this was the question on in israel many of the people were wondering is this is this could this be the peace the shalom that we're hoping for i had a student recently asking me about he just recently come to come to accept jesus and and was beginning a relationship with him and was asking me questions about it because he'd been reading his scripture he'd been jumping into what it said and he asked he said he said he said listen does I don't get this. He says, I hear about Jesus as, the, as this man, this person of peace in, in the Bible, and he's talking about peace, all this, all, all this stuff about prince of peace and peace on earth, goodwill to men, and he says, peace to you, you know, your faith has healed you, and all these things. He's about peace. I get it. But then he says, I come to Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, where he says, I'm not come to bring peace, but a sword. And, and the words are, are, Luke records them in chapter 12. He says, I'm not come to bring peace, but division. A mother's going to turn against her daughter and then a son against his father. And he said, I don't get it. He's, he's come to bring peace, but then all of a sudden did he change his mind? Did something happen halfway through? And it was just in this moment I realized that this is the problem of peace that I think we all run up against and we don't always know it. There's a problem. The religious leaders and, and people of Jesus' day were looking for shalom. They were looking for peace. But it came in the way that they weren't expecting. 
They were looking for the Messiah, the one who was going to bring peace and harmony. They were looking for him to come and take over all the nations of the world. He was going to liberate them from the Romans. He was going to give them peace as a nation. He was going to rule all the nations, starting with Israel. And that was how peace was going to be affected. He was going to take all these outside circumstances, and he was going to forcibly implement peace. But Jesus comes and he says, listen, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm king. But I'm not com- I'm not, I have not come as king to, to forcibly take over this world, but rather I've come to set up a kingdom in your heart. And he says, this peace that I bring, it's not a peace dependent on outside circumstances, but rather it's a peace that comes on the inside. A wise man was once credited with saying this. It was actually Gandhi is credited with saying that, that for peace to be real, it must be unaffected by outside circumstances. I think he was right on. For peace to be real, it cannot be dependent on the circumstances around us. But that's what we look for most of the time is, is, is peace because of our circumstances. And that's what Israel was hoping for was that he's going to bring peace. And the way he's going to bring it about is by changing our circumstances. We're going to have peace. And that was the problem with peace. Is that that was not what Jesus came to do, but rather he didn't come to keep peace. Rather he came to make peace. He wasn't taking what they had and changing the circumstances, but rather he was taking something new and making peace. His peace would not be of this world. John 14, 27, he says that, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, but I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. This terrestrial peace that you have, it's not going to work. If it would have worked, it would have worked by now. We've had thousands of years to figure it out. If there's a way to have terrestrial peace, it hasn't worked. Jesus says, I've come to bring extraterrestrial peace. A peace that even you don't understand. I was reading a blog by Phil Beaumont. He was talking about peace, and while I don't quite agree with everything he said, um, he said something very profound that I think is true. He said, the reason inner peace is not looked for is that it cannot be understood. And the reason it's not found is that it's not looked for. Many of us don't look for inner peace because we don't understand it. And it's not found because we're not looking. This was the case with Israel. They weren't looking for that peace. They weren't looking for a peace that could be unaffected by outside circumstances. But that was the peace that Jesus was offering. The Apostle Paul, in, in his letter to the Ephesian church, in chapter 2, he says um, some really profound words um, that that changed, I think, the, the game for a lot of us and expressed this idea of, of peace. He says in, in, in chapter 2, this is a man who walked, who, who knew Jesus, spoke with him, had seen Jesus. He says this, in verse 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we, have, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Paul, in this moment, he's saying, listen, the price of peace is too high. 
the price. We pay so much for peace, temporary peace on this earth, and the price is too high. We can never pay enough to get true, lasting peace. It's just a fake. The problem of peace is that we don't really know what we want. We think we know, but what we've been looking for doesn't actually give us what we need. It's the person of peace that can pay the price. It's the person of peace that can, that can, sh- that can speak to us and spoke our language and came to show us what we were really looking for. He's saying, look, you're not looking for an external peace. You're not looking for someone to change your circumstances because as soon as that's different, everything else doesn't matter. Rather, you need a peace on the inside that regardless of what's going on on the outside, you have peace and you are at peace. Paul says, he himself, Jesus Christ, is our peace because he made the sacrifice. That's what it took. It was an extraterrestrial peace, not something we could find, not something we could purchase. He is the peacemaker. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, what Satan put into the heads of our remote ancestors was this idea that they could be like gods, could set up on their own as if they had created themselves, be their own masters, invent some sort of happiness for themselves outside of God, apart from God. And out of that hopeless attempt has come nearly all we call human history. Money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, classes, empires, slavery, the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. This is the story of the gospel, and this is the story of Christmas, that, that, that extraterrestrial peace came to earth and set up and said, this is the way it's going to be. This is the possibility for you. Isaiah 59 said, listen, the hand of God is not too short to save. God, God still hears you. He can hear. He's still paying attention. But it's your sin that set up this wall between you and God. But what's Paul say? He says, listen, Jesus, through his blood and through his sacrifice, he's ended the hostility. He's broken down the wall. So he's calling to those who are far away from God and calling to even those who are near. He's saying, come. No peace. Have peace. It doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. You don't need to keep running to relationships. You don't need to keep pushing yourself to to purchase more and more peace for yourself. You don't have to look to your family or to your job or or to drugs or to alcohol. Any of these things, you don't have to look to those things because I am peace. I am. Accept me and you will have peace. We see in Isaiah chapter 60. The second portion of our Advent reading, 59 is pretty dark. But what we heard the kids read just a moment ago, in verse 1 it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. We know that. Thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's the hope that we have to look forward to. But it's also the here and the now. It says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Jesus has come and he's saying, listen, I'm calling you. As a messenger of my peace, you have my peace. Now reconcile the world to me. Fix this, this, this disconnect between God and man. I'm sending you. He says, we are strings of light pointing 
to the person of peace, the Prince of Peace, Jesus. His invitation to us is not to do something better. It's not to, it's not to pay money to the church so that you can, you can have confidence and peace knowing that, that you gave your money. That's not it at all. It's not something we can purchase or buy. It's simply this. God loved the world so much, he said, I'm willing to pay the price for peace so that we can fix this disconnect between man and God because it's not, the problem is not between me and you. It's not between man and man. The problem, the reason we don't have peace between each other is because there's no peace between us and God. We get that right. We receive that. We begin to see terrestrial peace take place. And it's not, we're not going to see total peace until the end comes, until God finally does come and set everything right. But we can see it start right here, right now. And he's sending us as messengers of peace and love to this community. So I just want to take a moment with every head bowed and eyes closed right now. Just, let's, let's have a moment. This is not, we're not doing anything strange or weird, but we just want to have a moment, a private moment between us and God. God's offering his peace to us unconditionally. It means we, don't have, we, we can't do anything and, and we don't have to do anything. So if you never show up at this church again, it doesn't matter. God wants you to know that he loves you. And he paid the price for peace. When we couldn't understand it, when we could never get in touch with him, that was our problem. He spoke our language and he came to earth as a human so that we could hear, we could see it, we could touch it. As the person of peace, he reigns in our hearts and says, listen, if you would just believe in me and accept me, I will give you peace that can't be affected by this world. And you'll experience the glory of the Lord in your life. The freedom that's invincible. Some of us have, have as, as believers, as people are part of the church, we've, we've believed it, but sometimes we forget that's why we come together. That's why we sing songs together like this. We come together and we, 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 we declare, we remind ourselves who we are. We are people of peace, purchased by the person of peace, and we follow him. And I don't have to rely on the things in my life. I don't have to, to look to these other things for happiness or joy, but rather I can look to him alone. But there might be some of us here this morning with every head bowed and eye closed, I just want to, if there's people here this morning, maybe you're here and you're saying, I have never known this peace. I've never experienced it in my life. I've, my peace, I've, I'm realizing right now that my peace has always been dependent on my circumstances, on my experiences. And, and if this peace is possible, if this is true, that Jesus loves me, that God initiated the conversation to bring reconciliation between us and him, then I want to know that, and I want to have a peace that's invincible. I want to have peace even though my surroundings look nothing like that. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out, but I just want you to raise it, and you can put it right back down. Because we're going to pray together as a community. But I believe it's important that we acknowledge before God what's going on in our hearts. One, God loves you. He is so crazy about you. Two, he has come to give you peace. Not like the world gives, but real, lasting peace. Three, if that's you, just throw your hand up. Awesome. Anybody else? Great. Praise God.
Anybody else? We're going to pray, and you can, you can pray from your heart. You don't even have to open your mouth. The Bible says that, that God knows our thoughts, and he knows what the, the attitude of our hearts. So let's just pray together and, and, and agree in prayer together. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your gift of peace. We thank you for who you are. Jesus, today, we accept you as the one who has come to bring peace between God and man. We say we believe in you and we accept you into our lives. And we ask that you would begin to change every part of us. Help us to see our circumstances differently. Help us to know that we don't have to rely on other people, on money, on absence of pain. We don't have to rely on any of those things for peace. But that when we trust in you, we will have peace. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that blows our mind. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Right, sure. Give Ben a round of applause. You're not, you're not just a filler. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we're so thankful that you were with us this morning. Uh, thanks for sharing your heart with us, yep, Ben. For sure. Yep. Encouraging us. Do you want to say anything mm-hmm. to uh, our Christmas group or to the Bible Club? Just feel like the Holy Ghost has something for you. My name is Tony. And I'm Ed. We're the Skitty Eyes with a very special Christmas message for you. For centuries, Christmas was celebrated not as a single day. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.